When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. No Dallas. No Jay Hay. It's just me, Joseph. Jake's in the house. Uh, it's going it's to be... I, I don't know where... I, I have high hopes for this episode. I feel like people might look at it and be like, no Dallas, no Jay Hay? Like, where are we going to get our wisdom and knowledge and A's updates from? Well... Uh, we don't worry about it. Like we will provide as much A's content as we can. I don't know that we're going to be able to provide the statistical analysis that Jay Hay brings to the table. Uh, I did. <laughs> maybe we can. People don't realize I, I hold back a lot of the stats. I don't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes. I hold right. back. Maybe I'll step into Jay Hay's role and a Wally Pippa's ass. Who knows? G- gimmick infringement. Um. I threw a tweet out there and I said, you know what? No Dallas, no Jay Hay, just me and Joseph. Why don't you sauce us some some questions? And I've I've looked at a couple. It looks like we've got like a little over 50 questions, whatever. It's been up for an hour. Um, so we can pile through some of that. Uh, but before we do any of that, there was a no-hitter last night, Joseph. Yeah. Your fills. Yeah, man. Just looking back, hey, I'm having flashbacks. Twenty two. I think I think this might be the year. Wow. My biggest regret is I don't have my rally towel on me, man. Yeah, where the fuck's the rally towel? Man, I'm out of town. I'm out of town. I usually travel with it, but man, I just one of those things you forget it, and it's it's uh it's been a tough tough. Do you only have one rally towel? I have two, two rally towels. Yeah. Why don't you have three? Didn't we go to three games? I might have given one away. Something. Okay. Probably probably got stolen by a scumbag. I don't know, but I have two (laughs) rally towels. Two rally towels. You donated one to a fellow. Uh, what are they? Are they Philadelphians? I believe you know what it is, and I will say this: City of Brotherly Love. Yes, I believe mm-hmm. at one of the games, I gave, I donated my towel to one of those scumbag Philly fans who were talking mm-hmm. to me. I said, "You don't have a towel, bro. Take one." <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you think that you're a Phil's fan, bro? You don't even have you don't even have a, a rally towel. Damn. Hey, lucky for you, I got three, motherfucker. Who's mm-hmm. the real Phillies fan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really enjoyed Philly. Go Phils, go birds. Big Phils guy. Uh, but last night, Michael Lorenzen throws a no hitter. And you know what? I know that Jay Hayes not on the podcast today. He's doing some family shit, which is super lame. Um, but he owes <laughs> he owes Michael Lorenzen an apology. So I'm just gonna get him on really quick. He does. He definitely does. He's been shitting on Michael Lorenzen for months. Dude goes out there, throws a no hitter. It's super sentimental. Is he ducking us right now? Yeah, didn't he say he should walk to the All Star game because he's that shitty at pitching? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he says all like that. Wow, this is uh, this is unbecoming of Justin Havens. Mm-hmm. This is embarrassing. Please leave your message. Oh man, bad look, Jay Hay. Yeah, it's Bad funny. It's, look. it's funny too because you know Lorenzen. If you watched the game last night, they were showing his family in the crowd. You know, yeah. And he had a little daughter to take uh, care of. You know, and he actually brought his daughter to work so he could he work. And yeah, you know, and we'll see. You know, we'll see where Michael Lorenzen turned out. Do a freaking no hitter. Jay Hay nowhere to be found. No. Do you th- do you think if uh, if Jay Hay cared, he would have brought his daughter to work today? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people would have loved that. Let's get her takes. Are you ever are you ever going to have kids or probably not because it's it's about the the job first. Yeah, when I retire, 75, 80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to start having kids at 75. It's prime it's prime time spot. Yeah. All the time to give attention, yep. attention, teach them how to pick it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have a little first baseman. <laughs> You only want boys, or do you think you'd be a good girl dad? I'll be a great girl dad. I mean, hey, as long as they can pick it. Yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's all my thing. I always wanted a first baseman. Mm-hmm. You've always wanted a first baseman. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Um, Pujols, mm-hmm. LaRoche, <laughs> Adam LaRoche. When I think about first baseman who can pick it, I always think Pujols and LaRoche. <laughs> I was just talking about a guy who let his family get in the way of business, like LaRoche. You know, that's a guy who really committed the cardinal sin. So, Mm -hmm. it's the reason why he's not in the league anymore. And it's not because he's 52 years old. It's (laughs) because he didn't wait till he was 70 to have kids. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Michael Lorenzen, no hit. Actually, by the way. This even like no hitter aside, this game was fucking awesome for the Phils. Like you've got Nick Castellanos hitting two bombs. Oh, here comes Justin Havens. Let's see. Justin Havens. Hello. Hello. Hey, hello. hello. You're on. You're on. Baseball is dead. It's a baseball podcast on the DraftKings network. Uh, I'm the host. My name is Jared Carabas. We also have Joseph here and Jake. Uh, we, we just happened to open up the show, starting a, t- uh, our conversation about Michael Lorenzen. Are you familiar with the name? I am vaguely. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So Michael Lorenzen last night, uh, he was an all-star this year pitching for the Detroit Tigers, and he was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies last night, went out and threw a no-hitter. Uh, we dug up some very disparaging comments that you made about Mr. Lorenzen. Is there anything that you'd mm-hmm. like to add to the dialogue? I would. I've actually, I anticipated this moment, mm-hmm. um, and I have a proposed statement that I'd like to read. Okay, uh, please. I apologize. I just apologize to Michael Lorenzen, mm-hmm. who definitely would not have made the all-star team, if not for the every team rule, but who did indeed throw a no-hitter last night, Wednesday night, a month after the all-star game for his new team, the Philadelphia Phillies. Of all the moments in the season, it was certainly one of them. Congrats and apologies to Michael. Of all the moments, it was certainly one of them. <clears throat> That's the best. Uh, of the top seven, of the top seventy-five, one hundred, two hundred, two hundred and fifty moments of the season. I would expect to find this on the list. Absolutely. <laughs> Did Michael Lorenzen ever ever do anything to you personally? Is there anything that uh, you know? There's there's some sort of like deep rooted issue there or anything like that? No. The one the the one tweet I actually do regret. I don't regret the all-star game conversation because he just simply did not deserve to make the all-star team. And we're all on the same page that he would not have, if not for the rule that was in place. What I do regret is the tweet that said that, uh, I think it was following the Giolito trade or something like that, that the, the pitching market was over, uh, in terms of the trade market. And then Michael Lorenzen gets traded to the Phillies and, uh, has been undeniably productive for them. Um, so that one, not great. But we all have a few misses. Um, you know, Tony Gwynn, Luis Arias, all the great bat-to-ball guys. Um, they only batted, you know, whatever it was, 330 or 340. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm humble enough to know that I'm not going to get all of them right. But I, I do apologize to Michael uh, within the context of, of what I described, for sure. For sure. Uh, he has made two starts for the Phils, 17 innings, just two earned runs, 10 strikeouts, which, you know, whatever. Um, but he's got a 106 ERA to start his that's Philadelphia Phillies career. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Family was, family was yeah. in the crowd. Do you have any uh, comments on that, Jay? Hey, he brought his, his kid to, the, to work. Um, Castellanos hit two home runs last night. They were showing his kid at work, mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they show you up today with that? What's going on? I think it's admirable that uh, he was able to bring his kids to work for um, for his no-hitter. I think it's the fact that I'm having to miss today because of my own child situation. I think all that reflects is the difference in difficulty between throwing a no hitter against the Washington Nationals and podcasting on baseball is dead. Yeah. You know, I think we all know which is more demanding, which is more challenging, um, and which, frankly, is the more impressive feat. So I don't want to, we're not here to disparage the achievement uh, at my expense. So I don't want to go too much further down that road, but I do think that's the takeaway there. Yeah. No, you it don't want to disparage honest. it. You don't want to disparage it, but we have to say, come to agreement on the podcast that Jared, uh, that Justin Havens is a better father than Nick Cassianos and a better father than Michael Lorenzen. I have absolutely no problem with that conclusion. Yeah. I think it's probably right. Also, yep. uh, Weston Wilson 
hit a home run in his first major league plate appearance. Uh, and his father um, was ver- on the verge of tears seeing his son hit a home run in his first uh, major league plate appearance. That's just being a good dad. <clears throat> a lot of good parenting happening. But I think the common thread here is that uh, uh, the Weston family, the Castellanos family, the Lorenzen family, they all showed up. You know, they were all there um, at the end of the day. And Justin Havens, you, you technically showed up maybe via phone. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about Mr. Weston Williams, but uh, I feel <laughs> confident that I'm showing up to the same degree that Mr. Williams did and does. Um, the Weston Williams standard, I think, is what we can refer to it as on the podcast. And I feel like I'm meeting that for sure by by chiming in here, you know, kind of Max style. Yeah. I mean, you had to. You had to. I mean, out of all the Lorenzen slander, I think uh, this does a lot for your character. It does a lot for the, uh, the, the court of public opinion uh, of your image because there's no chance that Dallas is going to chime in. Every time that someone throws a no, no hitter, he gets pissed. He's like... I only throw no hitters. I'm the I'm the best no hitter thrower in the history of Major League Baseball. He gets pissed every time that he gets bumped further and further down the list. Um, so I did not expect to well, hear from him today. No, of course not. I mean, we everybody, you know, even in Joey's video, you know, Dallas people love to refer to him as a character, right, a baseball character. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to real character between me and Dallas, I think we know who's going to answer that bell. Ten times out of ten, a thousand times out of a thousand. Um, Thank you, brother. Justin Havens, you are you're a great father. You're an admirable man. You're a you're a role model. I look up to you, and uh, I I wish you the best of luck today as you go out and uh, you continue being the great father that you are. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate the phone call and the opportunity to kind of you know kneel before uh, Michael Lorenzen and ask for <laughs> his forgiveness. Um, and I wish you guys the best of luck on rounding out this podcast uh, without two blabbermouths. Uh, so good luck with that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You have a great weekend. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye, Justin. Justin Havens, everyone. One of the best to ever do it. Uh, I feel like, you know, th- there's not a ton more to say about the Michael Lorenzen. Like, we we couldn't have had that segment without Jay Hay. I think that that's fair to say. Uh, I, I did get a few, and this happens. This happens. I did get a few text messages last night from some uh, casual baseball fan friends of mine who kind of all have the same sentiment. They're like, no hitters just don't do it for me anymore. It's not my take, but I'm not that far off from agreeing. Like put it this way. I remember, uh, what was it? Um, like Mark Burley, like some of these like earlier, like no hitters. Um, when I, you know, I'm like in college you like if you hear about it, you run to a TV to put on MLB Network, knowing that they're going to be locked in on that game. It's like I I want to be a part of history. Like I want to see this no hitter. Uh, I mean I, I I was aware of the Michael Lorenzen no hitter, but at, with my nine TV setup, did I move the Phillies game to the big TV? Like did I swap them out? No. I mean I was watching it. I was paying attention. Um. But it wasn't something where I I felt like how I used to when I was younger of like, I need to like, I'm going to remember this moment for the rest of my life. Like, no, I'm probably not. Like, it's cool. Like, there's no like, I'm not trying to like take away from the accomplishment. Like a no hitter is cool. Like if I think obviously if it were my team, 
Like if uh, if Ryan Bayo threw a no hitter, like I would be fucking stoked. But I think that that's really what the no hitter has become, especially like once you've seen so many is that it's kind of just like it's cool when it happens to you and your team. But like it it doesn't have the same effect of like, I'm going to remember where I was during this no hitter for the rest of my life. Like this is a core memory. Like, no, it's not. But it's still cool. It's still cool. <clears throat> it is cool, but it is. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that when that changed or if that's changed or that's always been the case. But like, I mean, they just we just saw a no hitter last week, you know, Framber did it. I mean, how quickly yeah. forget. I think there's been like four this year. We didn't obviously. even really talk about it either. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not. It, it is definitely cool. And if you're the guy doing it like that will change. Like that's a sick thing to tell people. I do a no hitter. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I see that, and 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 especially now you got MLB TV, and they have all the games. You'll see like the no hitter alert. Like, how often are you actually switching over to that? Hardly ever. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll be honest, hardly ever. I mean, I'm always paying attention to see. Uh, I'm always paying attention to see like if a guy finishes it off. Um, but yeah, like I'm going down the list here. Like some of these. Some of these no hitters, like I don't even know if I remember some. Like combined no hitters don't even get me started. Combined no hitters, like miss me with that. Uh, Tyler Gilbert, what? Tyler Gilbert threw a no hitter, <laughs> August fourteenth, twenty twenty one. Did you know that? I had no idea. What For team? The Arizona was he Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, that was like his first career start. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like his first career start, he threw a no hitter. He had pitched for, I think, out of the bullpen. First career start, threw a I mean, no Clay hitter. Clay Buckles threw a no hitter in his second career start. There you go. Hey, we don't even remember this guy's name. Threw a no yeah. hitter in his first career start. Alec Mills. I remember threw that. a no hitter in 2020. You remember that one? Yeah, but another another guy was like, <clears throat> "What? How?" Um, let's see. I remember the Jake Arietta no hitters. Uh, Hish Hisashi Iwakuma. Do you remember that one? No. Thousand twenty fifteen. I'd never heard and of that guy. Chris Heston threw a no hitter. Do you remember? Do you remember that one? No, I don't. No, he threw a no hitter for the Giants in twenty fifteen. Can't believe you don't remember that one, dude. No, I do you yeah, remember you, Henderson Alvarez's no hitter? I missed that one. That yeah. <laughs> I think I was like on a field trip that day. I remember, yeah. but yeah, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean i I don't remember Irvin Santana throwing a no hitter. I obviously know who Irvin Santana is. Like the Red Sox tried to trade Manny Ramirez for Irvin Santana like twenty times, but Irvin Santana threw a no hitter in July of twenty eleven. Yeah, you need you need something more than just a no hitter to be remembered. I, I remember Max Scherzer throwing no hitters, you know, because he got the guy uh, yeah. leaned into it, and that was should have been a perfect game. That was a crazy yeah. moment. Uh, like if Shohei if Shohei threw a no hitter, I would cream my pants. I'd watch every out. You know, people yeah. go crazy. Did you know that Clayton Kershaw threw a no hitter? Uh, when was that? I don't remember that. Yeah, me neither. Threw one in twenty fourteen against the Rockies. <laughs> that's crazy i did i did not i did not know that i don't i remember josh beckett throwing a no hitter for the dodgers because i was just like what 
I thought he was rinsed after the Red Sox traded him. <clears throat> and then it was like a whole thing when he threw a no hitter for the Dodgers. That was in 2014. Uh, Homer Bailey throwing two no hitters in a calendar year was pretty funny. Um, I remember the Felix Hernandez perfect game. Obviously, that was crazy because it was right after like that was back when like Dallas threw the 19th perfect game in Major League history. And then Felix Hernandez was just like, actually, I'm going to throw one too. Uh, Roy Halladay in the playoffs. Like, come on. Like, everyone remember That's legendary shit. Matt Garza. I vaguely remember that one. The only reason why I remember Ubaldo Jimenez throwing a no-hitter in 2010 was because he was on my fantasy team, and it was huge for me. I like, I, fuck for, yeah. For some reason, I remember that being a big... That was right next to Dallas's too, wasn't it? Or, uh, it was... It was probably, what, three weeks before it? Yeah. Well, that was like a big, that was like the year of the pitcher. Yeah. And you, I just, I remember thinking like, oh, Ubaldo throws cool. Oh, it was, uh, it wasn't Felix. It was Halliday. Yeah. Dallas threw his perfect game on May 9th and Roy Halliday threw a perfect game on May 29th. So, yeah, he had three weeks where he was the, the reigning defending perfect game champ. Yeah. And Justin then, Verlander's got like 10. And another, you know what, you want to hear a crazy stat? I don't know if you just came across your your um, computer, mm-hmm. but uh, Michael Lorenzo went to... for that word. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your fucking uh, computer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess the word was your desk. Uh, that, it, that, that was, yeah, your desk. Uh, mm-hmm. You went to Fullerton... He went to high school. He went to a high school. Okay. This high school okay. cares the name of the high school. They've had mm-hmm. four players from this high school become major league pitchers. Only four. All four but. of them. All four of them have thrown a no hitter. Oh, that's a good stat. That's a wild, right? Every, sure. every player who's become a big leaguer from Michael Lorenzen's high school went on to throw a no hitter. Yep. Uh, what high school? Fullerton Union High School. Where from? Where though? That's California, Fullerton, California. Walter Johnson, ring guys? a bell. Oh, Walter Johnson. Yep, graduated, and I want to say probably nineteen o. Class of 08. <laughs> yeah, class of 08. 1908. <laughs> and uh, also just Steve Busby and Mike Warren. So a bunch of fucking Johnny Slapdicks. Yep. It's been a long time. Like those guys have been dead for centuries. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, 1985 was the last one. Mike Warren. Let's see if he's still alive. Yeah, like those dudes were throwing no hitters back when like it was two strikes for a strikeout. <laughs> <laughs> he's still alive. We can get him on the pod. See what he's up oh, to. All right, yeah, call him Jake. Jake book fucking what's his name? Mike Warren. Mike Warren. Get Mike Warren on the podcast. Oakland A's legend. Dallas probably knows this guy. He probably does. Yeah, Dallas Dallas like knows like the most Dallas tries to like glorify the most random fucking people. Like he'll just like have these like sentimental rants about people where it's like sick, dude. (laughs) (laughs) 
I never really got that either. Like I'll never, I, I never understand like when someone like, like will be like, like Max Fried, for example, like his favorite pitcher of all time is Sandy Koufax. And it's like, yeah, Sandy Koufax is a, is a goat, you know, he's a G, mm. but it's like, why? Like you never, I, you know, I never met him. How do you, how can you even like Sandy Koufax so much? You never saw a bitch. Probably met him. Sandy Koufax still alive. He's still kicking. Dude, he looks like he's fucking 50 years old. That's what, when I, I found out Sandy Koufax was still alive, I shit my pants. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, you don't see him anywhere. And then I'm like, dude, this guy looks like he's 70. I think the last time I saw Sandy Koufax was the 2018 World Series. I think they showed him on the the big screen maybe when Walker Bueller got taken out of the game. Like, Walker Bueller had, like, an electric start in the World Series. And uh, when he came off the mound, they showed Sandy Koufax giving him a standing ovation. I was like, is that a Sandy Koufax impersonator? Like, what the fuck? Like, I, that was a... You think of Sandy Koufax, you think of, like, what? Like, the 1960s? Yeah. Not that people, like, you know, from the 1960s can't, can't still be alive, <laughs> but you just don't see the guy. Yeah, and in his prime in the 1960s. Now he's kicking it. I'm telling you, he looks he looks good as new. Respect to the man. That's what happens when you he looks early. good as new. I still pitch. Yeah, we just shine him up real nice. Sandy Koufax, vintage Sandy Koufax in mint condition. Uh, baseball fans, you could be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from the top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts. With DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays, open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate now with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly, only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance, opt-in, and 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Um, did you know that we were having Bobby Wood Jr. on the podcast today, Joseph? Uh, no. I don't, right, well, I don't remember being a part of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Without further ado, here's our interview with Bobby Witt Jr. All right. We're here with Bobby Witt Jr. of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, I want to start off by saying congratulations. I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday, but you've officially made it into my top three favorite players in the league. Awesome. Thank you. That's huge. Thank That's you. big time. I mean, Nolan Arenado has had like a firm grasp on like that top three for like the last like five, six years, but you've cracked the top three. Awesome. Uh, and another congratulations to you because you are one of one. You are the first player in Major League history to start off your career Back-to-back seasons, 20 homers, 
30 stolen bases. Do you, does that even like register in your head? Like I, I've done something that no one else in this game has ever done. I think the more and more it's kind of been talked about. And then um, it's just, it's an honor. Just anytime you get to be the first of something in this, in this game, it's, it, I think just thinking of it that way, it's truly just, just a blessing. It's just like my dad told me like this, just take it all in, just experience it, take it. And then just, enjoy it just keep but also just keep getting better each and every day keep doing it and just keep trying to do that each and every year did you know as you were closing in on it that no one else had ever done it or was it after you did it that they were like oh hey by the way yeah it's kind of after i did it whenever i was kind of it was i was going into my next at bat i was looking for my bat and i was like where's my bat and <laughs> i knew it was my 20th homer but i didn't know it was something like that so then i found our clubby he had my bat and he goes ah you might not want to use this bat anymore <laughs> yeah yeah this might one might be going to the hall of fame uh so I mean, going back, because I, I went to message you today, and the last time that I messaged you was, I think I was congratulating you on getting called up to the big leagues for the first time. So you've been on my radar since the 2019 draft. You get taken in the first round, second overall. And going back to look at your high school numbers, senior year, you're hitting over 500. You're you're a very humble guy. How do you how do you manage that? Like how do you how do you go through your professional and amateur baseball career having so much success immediately and be like, yeah, no, I'm just you know I'm just Bobby. It is what it is. I think it's more so motivation, just because of you do this at a young age or whatever, and you're on this paper to be the top. This guy, this you're supposed to be this or whatever, and so it's just motivation. Just try to kind of almost prove it right, I guess, and just keep keep working, keep preparing each and every year, each and every day, just to try to get better. And that's my ultimate goal, just to try to never stop at just one thing. Don't really set too many goals because you just want to keep, try to make the sky's the limit each and every year. And so just try to have live that mantra and just take it day by day and not try to look too far ahead, not look in the past and just enjoy every moment. When you're hitting over 500, do you have like a two for four day and be like, I kind of sucked? Uh, <laughs> I don't really remember too much like with the high school stuff. We really were just trying to, the my freshman sophomore junior year trying to win a state championship fell short and then the senior year that was pretty much the goal yeah and so that that pretty much helped with everything all the draft stuff um with the scouts and the stands all that noise and everything it just really whenever i was just focusing on the team and everything just trying to do my job that's whenever i started playing well and just things started going well everyone knows that uh you come from a line of major league baseball talent but you're a position player pops not the same so who was your guy growing up where it's like you know i'm sure your dad is your hero but at the end of the day you're a position player so who is your guy that you were watching on tv being like i want to be like that guy i grew up well oddly enough dustin bedroy was my guy okay that's why my instagram handle bewitter 15 i always wore 15 and then jeter was also my guy so it's kind of funny growing up just with right. red Sox, yankees kind of that stuff and mm -hmm. i love watching michael young as well just three guys that i kind of wanted to emulate my game around and then that's why in high school and stuff i wore 17 15 and 2 okay. Jeter Bedroya. so then i those are the two jerseys i have hanging above my bed autographed so that those are those are kind of my guys that i watched they're both high energy guys on the field and did things i think right off the field as well have you ever met Pedroya? yes i have yeah first time was we were out here i can't remember how old i, I was my dad mm -hmm. represented him uh he's a baseball agent and so i think i was eight and we were at some uh think local Mexican restaurant around here and I didn't think I took a bite of my food. I was at the end of the table. He's at the end of the table. I was just staring at him across. I was just So you awe. met him as a kid? Yes, yeah. Have yeah. you met him as a big leaguer? Um he's we've kind of texted back and forth just a little bit whenever made my debut and then I'll get a birthday text. So which is which is awesome. I see that and it's it's incredible seeing that. So yeah. 
So as as a guy that is so dynamic in terms of speed, power, and being able to hit for average and all that, what aspect of your game are you most proud of? Because that's what you had to work the hardest at. Like I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you're, you're working hard in the gym and everything, but some of the speed, when you're talking about being one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in the game, that's, that's God given. But what part of your game are you most proud of because you had to work the hardest at it? I think it's just a little bit of everything. And then it comes down to the mental side as well. I think that's one of the guys that, that one of the things that a lot of guys, I think either take for granted and they don't see you play playing 162 games. We're traveling around the whole United States, just playing each and every day and just really just trying not to get caught up in the, the highlight and everything. Just go about your business, be prepared each and every day and just have that same focus. But then also come to the field with the right mindset, but then also you have to be be yourself off the field. That's why I kind of like to be whenever I'm at home and everything, I'm Bobby. And then I kind of get on the bus, go to the field, then I'm junior. I okay. turn that on a little bit. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of something that I've been just trying to flip the switch whenever from being Bobby to junior or whatever it is and just trying to have that that mentality i think so but also every part of the game whether it's hitting fielding base running all those things i feel like you just always got to prepare there's not really one thing that i feel like i'm satisfied with i think they're just going to keep working at all the tools your dad has local roots you grew up a dustin pedroia fan uh if like making your i guess like fenway debut last year do you compartmentalize that like are you able to come up here and be like all right like it's just another big league game and i need to focus or was part of you saying like holy shit like i'm playing at fenway park right now in the big leagues definitely last year just flying into boston getting to the hotel and then i saw you i remember that i didn't get to talk to you but i remember like i was on the other side and i was like what's up (laughs) yeah just showing up the field hitting bp it was just like i don't know really how to describe it. it was one of those moments where Making your debut, uh, getting to play at home in front of the fan, like in Texas and everything, and then playing here was, I think, one of the top things. I still say, what's your favorite road stadium, Fenway Park? Because I grew up going to the games. Grandparents got to come out here. They live about 20 minutes away, and then just a lot of family, friends, and just in the stands. So it was pretty, it was it was super surreal. And I just, like we talked about, it, I grew up a Red Sox fan with my dad being from here. So it was, it was awesome. How many tickets did you have to bug your teammates for for that series? It was actually <laughs> nice because most, my dad's or the family, they're all season ticket holders. So okay, they're, they're that all, works they're too. They're all Red Sox fans, but it was yeah. cool seeing him with Royals gear on and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How, the first time that you ever truly faced failure, when was it and how do you think you handled it? I think you face failure, whether it's in, I feel like in high school, I went through it too, just just happened just with losing games, whatever it was, not winning the state championship. But then in pro ball, it kind of hits you hard. And so it's it's like sometimes you feel like you want to change things you have to oh i got to do this i got to do that but then other times it's just you just gotta you just gotta learn through the failure you just gotta go through it and i think that was the best thing for me with last year starting the year wasn't great to start the year and whatever that last year and then this year same thing didn't start out great couple few months and then started getting things and i think it's just really just settling in just being being myself preparing having a good routine and then just trying to be be ready for each and every day and just try to do my job to help the team when you're uh, playing high school ball, you talk about playing like the state championship, you play Team USA, like you've played in highly competitive situations. Um, right now, Kansas City and a little bit of a rebuild right now. How how do you stay focused when when you look up at the standings and you're like, man, like we're not in it right now. Like I'm not playing for a division title right now and that's frustrating. But how do you stay focused on your individual game when when that really has to be the, the focus? Yeah, it's kind of kind of how I said earlier, just try to just stay where you're at today. Not worried about yesterday, not worry about tomorrow. Just focus on what can I do today to get myself better, 
help help the team win today and not not really trying to I don't I'm not a big guy looking at stats not looking at standings nothing really just let those things play out and whatever happens happens you just got to control what you control um try to be as worry-free as possible and just enjoy each and every moment and so that's kind of how I'm trying to just go about it and then as the wins stack up they stack up and just keep rolling when your career is over uh what do you hope your teammates say about you um yeah I think guys just they remember you sometimes as stats but I just try to be the best teammate as possible just try to um try to impact people's lives whether it's on the field or off the field just talk to them just talk to them about the game talk to them about every everything get to know their family whatever it is just try to be because this game will when I get done playing it'll be still be going on and it won't even have a, anything to remember about it just yeah. playing so it's just the game goes on like you're just looking at the scoreboard this stadium's been up since 1912 and the game's just all the players that's gone through and just mm -hmm. just trying to be remembered as just a great teammate and just try to guy that go out there and just always hustling and just try to be the best I can. I think one of the things that people, baseball fans, forget about guys like you, drafted in 19, you didn't have a minor league season in 2020. You were in the opening day lineup by 2022. Do you feel like you are ready? And what do you remember most about opening day? Like, you know, this is my first opening day and I'm in the big leagues right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I think the biggest you remember is just that call you get in when we were in Arizona to into the manager's office and then just him telling you you made you officially made the roster that that just kind of brings chills to me right now just that and then getting to call my parents girlfriend everyone and just say you made the team that's that's something that I hope every person who plays baseball gets to experience that because that's once literally once in a lifetime experience so that and then just whenever uh made my debut opening day whenever I my first at bat kind of got a little standing ovation. So that was that was special from the Kansas City crowd and the fans are great out there. So that was two things that are just just right that sit sit heavy in my heart. That's awesome. Uh, the last question, Dallas isn't here, but the last question that me and Dallas always ask every guest is, and I, I'm very interested to hear your answer. If you could go back in time to any moment in baseball history, you can witness it live in person. It can be before you were born. It can be you're, you're 23 now. You can go back to the 2004 final out. Any 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 moment in baseball history and you're sitting in the stands, best seat in the house, you're watching it live in person. What is it? I definitely would want to watch my dad pitch, mm -hmm. whatever it was. I know that he had he was one out away from a perfect game when he was in, with Oakland one year, and then also he had a home run at Dodger Stadium. So one of those games would be be special just to see him see him pitch and perform in the live because i've seen all the stories seen seen the black and white footage mm -hmm. that he says, and, but yeah definitely just to see my dad play. that's cool that's cool that you went with dad i really appreciate that all right bobby wood jr thank you so much for taking the time thank you well big thanks to bobby wood jr for making the time special talent congratulations on moving into the pantheon of my top three favorite players in baseball right now who are your who what's your list your top three favorite active players right now joe shohei rona Cunha jr zach granke you didn't even have to think about that. Yeah, that was easy. That was easy. No. Jake, who are your top three favorite players in baseball right now? Rafael Devers, Brian Bayo, Justin Turner. Okay. All right. Damn. What's your big Justin three? Turner. Justin Turner is a little banged up right now. He's got a he's got a bad wheel. He's got a bad wheel. I think he's dealing with a bruised bone or some shit in his heel. Can't play baseball with that. You see Judgy hit a home run the other night? I mean, the Yankees got fucking smoked, but um, <clears throat> it's actually very funny. Like, I want to say it has been every other day all week this week that the Red Sox and Yankees have flip flop between first place and last place. It has been 
The Red Sox are in last place. The Yankees are in last place. The Red Sox are in last place. The Yankees are in last place. Coming into today, the Yankees are in last place, but it's probably going to be the Red Sox by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yet somehow the Yankees are 10,000 times more depressing and and just disappointing and like uh, just a complete dumpster fire. Even more, I mean, it makes sense. Like the expectations going into the year against the Red Sox uh, compared to the Red Sox. But the way they talk about the Yankees, you really would expect them to be like 30 games under 500. <laughs> it is true. I mean, like I don't based on what happens to that organization, it is kind of crazy. Like it's almost like a mind fuck that the Red Sox are as close to they are in the standings as the Yankees, because it's not just about it's not just about like how Yankee fans talk about the Yankees that makes it seem like it's bad. If you watch them, you're like, this team should be 10 games under 500 at least. Like the way that Luis Severino has pitched this year, uh, the injuries that they like losing Aaron Judge for like, it's almost like the Mandela effect (laughs) where that like their record without Aaron Judge, they were probably like, what, 10 and 30? (laughs) And somehow they still have a winning record. How? It is. Makes no sense. Aaron Boone gets ejected five times a week. Judge didn't play for two months. They lost almost every game where he didn't play. Josh Donaldson, he's been on the injured list. John Carlos Stanton literally is so injured or scared to be injured that he jogs around the bases and just gets thrown out at home plate standing up. Anthony Volpe hasn't been what they thought he was going to be. DJ LeMahieu is a is a corpse of himself. He's I think he's been better over the last month, but like the overall sample is that he's been fucking awful. Anthony Rizzo had a concussion for the last two months, and he was statistically the worst hitter in baseball over that span. Like they they have like IKF playing the outfield when he's an infielder. the The whole team's like the only person that's been good is fucking Garrett Cole. Like uh, Nestor Cortez, who who was like one of their best pitchers, he's either been hurt or has sucked. Like you lay all that out. How do the Yankees have a winning record? I have no idea. Yeah. And you don't even mention the fact that they their perfect game pitcher uh, yeah. comes, shows up hammered, flips a freaking couch, gets in a fight, gets kicked off the team two weeks after a perfect game. Yeah. Like, yes, that's one of the that's one of the worst parts of it. You just go around the entire roster. They want Brian Cashman fired. They want Aaron Boone fired. They want Hal Steinbrenner out. The entire lineup from top to bottom. It's 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 awful. They, they got starting pitchers that can't start games anymore because of how bad they are. They got guys being kicked off the team because they're drunk. Like, how does this team have a winning record? It's I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm not saying that like the Red Sox season has been all sunshine and roses because it hasn't. Uh, but at least we haven't been dealing with that. Like the most drama that we've had is like Alex Verdugo showed up late. And I maintain like my theory is that he thought it was a seven o'clock game. Because he showed up two hours before, which would have been. 2 p.m. Yeah, he showed up at 2 p.m. for a four o'clock game like he probably was just like. Yeah, man, I don't know. I thought it was a 7 o'clock game. Sometimes I think that too. Like, I've done that before. People fuck up. That's that's the most drama that we've had to deal with this year. But I don't know. Who do you, th- who do you think is going to win the battle for fourth place? <laughs> fourth place battle? Uh, I mean, it's a dogfight right now. It is. I mean, I honestly say... I would probably say the Red Sox. 
You think so? Yeah, we're built. We're we're built for four plays. I just like there can't be so many bad vibes. Like the Yankees, you know, as disappointing it is, impressive that they're still five hundred. But it also makes sense they have the second highest payroll in the league still, which I think people kind of yeah. forget. Because I mean, we shit on them because we're saying they're not what they used to be in terms of spending, but still the second highest payroll in the league. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like who do they even have pitching now? Like Nestor, like who we set, like yeah. Garrett Cole. I mean, Severino, like, I mean, think what other teams would he still be on the roster for? Uh, he's he's basically not like on the rock. Like they're not allowing him to start games anymore, which well, didn't he pitch yesterday? Time. Uh, didn't he come out of the bullpen? I don't know that so that should be. So how the Red Sox, I declare the Red Sox season over because they were within two games of the Toronto Blue Jays in the wild card, and then they got swept by the Blue Jays. So I was like, all right, it's over. The Yankees went in to play the Chicago White Sox after Tim Anderson got knocked out. The drama was coming out that like the players don't show up to meetings. No one gives a fuck. The rookies are like sleeping during during games. And uh, Yasmani Grandal is bitch slapping Tim Anderson in, in cold tubs. And then the White Sox go in and just dominate the Yankees. <laughs> like if you can't beat like the White Sox are bad, they're already bad. If you can't beat the White Sox when they're literally in shambles, like they are falling apart as an organization. And not only did you lose the series, but you got dildoed in that series. What was the what was the fucking final last night? Like nine to two. Nine to two. That was the final. Yep. That's embarrassing. Nine to two. Oh, my God. That's pathetic. <clears throat> That's pathetic. But, you know, they're the, they're the Yankees, so they're just going to run it back. You'd be like, well, you know, we were in the ALCS last year. We're going to finish in last place this year. So maybe we're somewhere in between. That shouldn't even maybe count. What, the ALCS? Yeah, the ALCS shouldn't count last year. But, well, they were they, there. They had to play the, they beat the Guardians in a fight. Like they beat them by barely anything and then didn't win a single game in the ALCS. Yeah. By the way, and uh, I know that people love uh, Max's appearances on the podcast, those will continue, <clears throat> uh, especially as the Angels' uh, pursuit of Shohei Otani and free agency rolls on this winter. You'll be hearing more from Max. But that news um, that uh, Dave Portnoy has purchased 100% of Barstool Sports, I believe that that means that the forbidden door is open and there are plenty of people over there that cover a specific baseball team that now they can appear on here without any consequence. Like now, if we talk about the Orioles, dial up RDT. Come on over. We start talking about the Yankees. Well, now we can call our old friend Eric Hubs. Maybe maybe the Cubs are making the playoffs this year. Hey, Dan Katz, you want to talk a little Cubbies? What about if the Mets continue to be the Mets? Kevin, you care to weigh in? <laughs> I don't know if that's who we want, man. You want Frank the Tank? Maybe. I mean, Frank here's the, the thing. Tank. Frank Frank the Tank is such a pure soul that he would have done it at any point over the last two years. <laughs> like, 
he if if we had asked Frank the Tank would have called in any one of these days and he wouldn't have gotten in trouble for it because he's Frank the Tank. He's just a superstar. He plays by a different set of rules. That's just how that works. Manny Ramirez could shove the traveling secretary down the stairs because he was Manny Ramirez. <clears throat> you're, if you're Domingo Herman, get fucked. <laughs> like you can't do that if you're Domingo Herman. If you're Manny Ramirez, eh, you're batting three. You're batting in the third hole tonight. That's playing left. There you go. Different set of rules. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank is the Manny Ramirez of that roster. Not just the baseball roster, but like the whole talent roster. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's interesting. I I feel like uh, I feel like we're gonna be able to utilize that um, moving forward. Hopefully, that's the hope. That's the hope. Is there anyone over there that that you'd be interested in talking baseball with? Frank the Tank, one hundred percent. I love that guy. I know you love him, but like I feel like the Mets fans that listen to this podcast, I've seen. Uh, on Reddit, the baseball is dead Reddit. Some Mets fans were like, we don't want him to be the Mets fan voice. Like, you know, we don't want to have him on the podcast representing all Mets fans. Like, Some of the Mets fans were kind of upset when we alluded to having him on in the past. Well, if the Mets fans are still listening after all the shit, you know, I say, then they, they could take it. Yeah. There's not much that they can't take. If they've sat through the last, I don't know, 20 years of Mets baseball, I feel like there's not much that they can't handle at this point. And Frank the Tank, if you don't agree with his opinions, you at least know that you're getting entertainment out of it. Like he's one of the more entertaining sports personalities, not just baseball personalities. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Do you want to uh, you want to get to some of these Twitter questions that we got? Actually, you know what? Before we get into the Twitter questions, did you see Mark McGuire on? Uh, What's it called? Is foul territory? Is that what it's called? Yeah, foul ter- territory. Yeah, I did see I met that. Those guys at the All Star game it was cool. Um, all right, this is this is Mark McGuire. Do you feel like you're being unfairly punished, or you maybe your group? Maybe I should say the group of you, not maybe singling you out as just yourself, but kind of that whole group of again the same kind of the same people are being unfairly punished. Of because of a bias or whatever you want to call it. Well, it's, it, it seems like it. That's what it is. You know, it, um, I think I heard Barry say it the other day. There, there was no rules and there was no regulation. Um, believe me, trust me. If there was any rules in place and, and that stuff would have never happened. Um, there was no testing. There was no nothing. Um, so it's like. Um, you know, and 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 I and I agree with what Barry was saying. It's like there's like, listen, it's it. That was the culture. That was that 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 that's what was going on back in those days, and uh, and whatever. Um, but I can personally tell you from from me, knowing me, listen, I didn't need to do it, and and I apologize for it, and uh, but there was a lot of fucking hard work that went behind all the shit that uh, people want to give me to, to do what I did. All right. So there's a lot to dissect there because I agree with some stuff. I disagree with some stuff. I agree that uh, the, the the Big Macs of the world, the Sosas, the Bonds, they are unfairly persecuted for their steroid use because 
if we had all the data, how many guys were doing it, how many players I want to, what I want to know is how many players that are notable names took steroids that never get looped into the conversation. Because if you are to believe Jose Canseco, when I know that he's a crazy person, <laughs> but he's yet to lie about the steroid stuff. Like he's an absolute lunatic, but he has yet to lie about anything that he said about who's taking it and when they were taking it and how they were taking it, all that shit. As far as the steroid stuff goes, he's not bullshitting you. And he told you there are guys that are already in the Hall of Fame that have taken steroids, like multiple guys. <clears throat> so you can make your assumptions on who those players are. Uh, I think that there are definitely some names that have just never been uttered in the conversation. And I mean, it's obviously irresponsible for us to speculate. We can't just like start throwing out names in the steroid conversation if we don't have any concrete proof or at least if there's um, rumors or something like nothing. I think that there are players that aren't even rumored to be linked to steroids during the steroid era that took steroids. Fair or unfair, Joseph? Fair. Okay. So to that point, the Big Mac makes like we've we're unfairly uh, persecuted for all this. I agree. When he says, I didn't need him. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Like helped. Do, helped. Definitely helped. Definitely helped. Definitely helped. Uh, that is something that I disagree with. You know, I think uh, does Mark McGuire summon the spirit of Roger Maris Jr. without steroids? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Does he have a good, nice major league career without steroids? Yeah, sure. You can make the argument that Mark McGuire is still a, a fine major leaguer, a good hitter, uh, got some pop, no doubt. Like you could make the case for that across the board. Does he break the single season home run record without steroids? No, no, I don't think he does. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing that I do agree with is when he says like, you know, people don't see the hard work that goes into it and yada, yada, yada. That's also true. I feel like if you are not someone that exercises or are familiar with like the whole steroid culture, I think that there is uh, this this idea that you just stick a needle in your ass and then you look like the Incredible Hulk. Like you still have to go fucking crazy in the gym while you're on steroids to build a physique or build up the strength that you need to be able to hit all those home runs. Like so, yeah, like it's it is taking a shortcut. And it's not even necessarily a shortcut because a shortcut would imply that uh, you're going down a path that is attainable. Steroids isn't taking a shortcut. It's building a bridge like you're if you're on steroids, you are uh, reaching a physique. You are reaching a level of strength that would not otherwise be attainable without them. So it's not even taking a shortcut. That's why it's it's cheating. Um because, you know, there there is, like, you know, the argument about steroids and, and uh, like the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa's of the world, like they took steroids uh, to gain muscle mass, to gain strength, to hit home runs, to make more money, to win, whatever, whatever the motivation is, fame, all that stuff. But then there are the, the athletes out there that take steroids just to recover. They're not going to have these uh, Hulk Hogan looking physiques. It's not going to be as obvious that they're taking something and it's because you're playing baseball 162 game season. You're playing every day. Sometimes it's 10 straight days. Sometimes you're playing, uh, you know, 30 games in 31 days. Like that happens as well. Uh, the performance enhancing drugs are going to help you recover. 
And as an entertainer, like the the Alex Rodriguez's of the world who said, and he was lying, but he was like, yeah, like I felt the pressure of signing the biggest contract in sports history. And uh, I wanted to perform. I wanted to be out there and I wanted to be out there every day and, you know, helps you recover and this and that. Okay. If anyone else said that, like, you know, there's some validity to it, but it's A-Rod. And I think Jose Canseco was saying that he was on steroids since high school. So, like, I don't necessarily believe that A-Rod started taking steroids when he got to Texas. I digress. Um, Yeah, just it was an interesting it was an interesting little uh, tidbit from Mark McGuire there, because uh, I'm sure it does bother him that people think that everything that he did meant nothing like that's gonna that's gonna suck but you can't sit there and say it did i did i didn't need it yeah you did like to do exactly what you did yes you did to be a good major leaguer no i don't i don't think that you needed steroids to be a good major league hitter uh but to hit as many home runs as you did yes you did need them definitely 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 he would never have broken that without steroids which is the, that's the fucked up part about it it's like the reason he definitely gets a lot more shit than what than other guys who took steroids but it kind of makes sense because it's like well you got the most benefit from them you know like you are the guy who hit 70 fucking thousand home runs in a year so i guess at the same time a lot of guys didn't took steroids and didn't come close to hitting that many home runs it also doesn't hurt uh help that you looked like the, uh a fucking incredible hulk and had mm-hmm. arms that uh, are bigger than Spencer Strider's thighs. <laughs> so is that genetics? Is that just steroids? Who knows? He's also one of those guys who I'm pretty sure was like, he was pretty early on roids. I'm pretty sure he was taking them since day one of his major league career. He's not like a Sammy Sosa where it was like you had you had kind of that reference point, like Sammy Sosa without steroids was shit. Like he had a solid like five, six years in Major League Baseball where you could tell like a skinny, like could look completely different and was not good. Bulked up and became, you know, hit 70 in a, did he hit 70? 61. Uh, no, he, he hit, all right. So Roger Maris hit 61 home runs in 1960. 61. He hit 61 home runs in 1961. Sammy Sosa in in a four year sp- in a four year span, after no one had come close to Roger Maris's sixty one home runs, Sammy Sosa hit sixty six home runs in nineteen ninety eight. He hit sixty three home runs in nineteen ninety nine, and then he hit sixty four home runs in two thousand one. So he passed Roger Maris three times in four years. Yeah. So like th- that's the thing with steroids is like how much they help. Some people say you know oh it's just it's just recovery. You still got to hit the ball, but then you get like. You know, you have Sammy Sosa and you can see that there was such a crazy amount of extra homers that happened when you could tell he was doing steroids. So who's the fuck to say, say, man? Another thing, Chipper Jones never took him. Mm -hmm. So that's I'll say not everybody was doing it. The real goat, Chipper Jones didn't take him. Over the first nine seasons of Sammy Sosa's career. So through his age 28 season, he averaged... 23 home runs. He hit 257 with a 777 OPS, averaging 18 doubles and 23 home runs and 71 RBI. Uh, that's over his first 1,088 big league games. And then <laughs> uh, 
Let's see. From 1998 to 2003, his age 29 to 34 seasons. That's one, two, three, four, five, six years. <clears throat> his next 924 games. He hit 302 with a 1027 OPS, averaging 55 home runs, 26 doubles, and 135 RBI. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he was... He was playing every day. He was averaging 154 games over a six-year span. And like the type of steroids they were doing back then is nothing like this type of stuff that the player is no. getting caught for an hour. Like that stuff no. was like They were real. taking like Russian bodybuilder steroids back then. Yeah, like just straight up like just bulking shit that like would pop. Any test would pop no matter what. If you took it today, you couldn't even get, come close to getting away with it. So, like, the amount of advantages they were getting compared to, like, oh, what Tatis, for example, was alleged to taking, it's, like, not even close. Yeah. Like, a lot of the steroids that I think the athletes get popped for now is for what I was talking about. Like, it's for, like, recovery. Uh, they're not taking these, like, bodybuilder steroids to get huge massive forearms to just blast homers everywhere it's like well, yeah, the way play. i think of it it's like the advantage in my head i never did steroids obviously look at me you know what i'm saying but like i think about like me trying to swing a baseball bat right i got a good swing you know what i'm saying I'm, you know i'm it's stronger good, than yeah. I, I'm, I'm stronger than i look dude i could yeah. you know but like imagine me with a wiffle ball bat mm-hmm. but that bat had the same freaking density as a wooden bat i could probably be like a fucking good ass fucking baseball player. I'm not gonna say be in the major leagues, but I probably would be. I can't. I can't deny that. <laughs> like imagine, that. imagine going to the plate with a wiffle ball bat, but that shit was just wood. And that's what it felt like. Yeah. I mean, there, there were dudes like at the at the MLB Combine when I was there in Phoenix before the draft, and there were these tall, lanky ass motherfuckers, like 17 years old, and th- they're their arms looked like shoelaces and they were whacking the fuck out of the ball. And I was like looking up and it's like 118 mile per hour exit velocity. So it's like, you don't need, you don't need to be this huge bulked up dude to be able to hit home runs. Most of them aren't like, if you ever, if you're ever like a, a major league baseball reporter and you go into a big league clubhouse and you see some of these guys walk out of the shower in their towels, you're like, these guys are the best athletes in the world. What? Some of them look like just fucking bags of milk. <laughs> it's it's honestly incredible how some of them are able to just like launch home runs and throw uh, 98 miles an hour like that. So baseball is home to some of the most unimpressive physiques in professional sports. It's a very strange skill set like the what I don't know what how you become good at swinging a bat like how you there are jacked people, like really bodybuilder guys who have like probably give him a bat, can't really swing it that fast. And you get like a Tatis who's like skinny arms and it's just half speed hitting bombs. Yeah. It is crazy. Know. Strong. Hands. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. Like you, you would think that uh, like a guy like uh, Tyler O'Neill would lead the league in home runs. Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler had the ugliest swing ever. He's just like, <laughs> it was terrible. But he was the jackedest dude in the league. And uh, yeah, 
I don't know. Baseball is a weird sport, man. I don't know how else to explain it, but uh, Blue Moon is the best beer in the game. I can tell you that right now. The playoffs, they're just around the corner. So it's time to help your team out by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice-cold Blue Moon while the game is on. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Uh, Joe, you drinking any Blue Moons this weekend? This weekend? Yeah. I mean, every weekend, brother. Uh, yeah, I feel but like. You're it, on a beach this weekend? Or? Yeah, yes, I am. I'm at the beach. So this okay. might be a special weekend. I might even get the oranges shipped in. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Big time coriander guy on the beach with its refreshing flavor with a Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a one of a kind beer experience. Perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon but you can enjoy it all season long brighten up your baseball traditions with blue moon belgian style wheat ale it's a one of a kind every time check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find blue moon delivery options that is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket blue moon made brighter celebrate responsibly blue moon brewing company golden colorado ale All right. You want to get to some of those Twitter questions? Yeah. Yeah. It's a podcast. You have to verbally say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Depends Um, what the question is, honestly, but let's see where this goes. Um, Okay. Need more Luis Severino slander, in my opinion. Bring up how hitters against him this year are putting up a slash line that's extremely close to Miggy's triple crown season. <laughs> uh, I feel like we slandered uh, Luis Severino a little bit here now. A little bit, but it's also kind of, you know, why kick a man while he's down? You're right? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah, he good. was a nice guy. I met him at the All-Star game in 2018. Nice guy. It's not a guy who I really feel like I want to dunk on because he was a freaking beast. Yeah. And then uh, this is from Stuart Carruthers. He says, which players from bad teams deserve some love? Guys that aren't getting enough shine and that fans need to know about. Hmm. Bobby That's an interesting Jr. question. That's number one. Bobby Wood Jr. Yep, we gave him some love today on the podcast. Uh, Bobby Witt, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, has the same sprint speed as uh, Ellie De La Cruz. There you go. Did you know that? I didn't, I didn't know that. That's what I'm saying. Gets no love. Gets no love. How am I supposed uh, to know? No Luis Robert? Me. You think Luis Robert could get some MVP votes? Um, I'd have to look at the numbers. Uh, isn't mm-hmm. being on a competitor one of those things they like to look at? But you're right. I mean, <laughs> talk about a guy who's getting overshadowed by just being on it. It's not that he's on a bad Terrible team. It's that he's on the most embarrassing team. Like he's the best player yeah. on the team by far, but still is not even close to being the main storyline just because they're that yeah. bad. Yeah. I feel like even uh, 
Vincenzo Gorman is not getting enough love this year. He's got an 825 OPS. There you go. <laughs> I haven't been keeping up. I mean, right? when was the last time no we one? talked about the freaking Cardinals? It's been probably since like they were a, a dumpster fire, I guess. Yeah, they got they got overshadowed by other bigger dumpster fires, but they've continued to be a, a big dumpster fire. Yeah. What about Lane Thomas on the Nats? There you go. Lane, Lane Thomas. Thomas. He's in 284 this year. He's got a 487 slugging percentage. Everyone wants to talk about the 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 rookies going on in, in the league right now. Josh Young. Josh Young has a 489 slug. Tristan Casas has a 483 slug. Guess who's right between them? Lane Thomas of the Washington Nationals who just got no hit last night. <laughs> yeah, and even when you talk about the Nationals, when you know, I don't no one really talks about the Nationals, but if you were to talk nah. when people do talk about the Nationals, they talk about, "Wow, mm. he's young. This is a young team." Hey, mm. Mackenzie Gore could be something. Wow. Yeah. Hey, look at um Josiah Gray. Hey, what if CJ Abrams turns into something massive? But Lane yeah. Thomas, just a guy brings his lunch pail to work, dude. Just a freaking white guy. <laughs> he just brings his lunch <laughs> pail to work, dude. Just one of those white guys, boring, you know, Southern kid. Comes up, country music. I guess he's 27, which might be why people aren't as hyped yeah. on the future as much. But mm-hmm. he's the their best hitter. He's their best hitter. What about uh, what about Ryan McMahon? <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with him, uh, but Ryan McMahon having a year for the Colorado Rockies that no one's talking about. Uh, his, uh, I think he's having a, it would be a career high in OPS. He's in two fifty four, a three thirty nine on base with an eight oh eight OPS. Dude's got twenty four home runs. No, excuse me, he's got tw- twenty four doubles. And 19 homers with, I don't know, a little less than two months to go. So he's probably going to hit some career highs this year. Ryan McMahon. Ryan McMahon. That is, yeah, yeah, that is the guy that no one talks about for sure. No one talks about Ryan McMahon. Is it, is it the Coors effect? Maybe. <laughs> it could be. Let's Let's see some splits here. What's he hitting at home? Probably like fucking 345. Oh, I've just stumbled Uh, across a discovery. What's that? I don't want to just brush by Mr. McMahon because he is the man of Colorado. Uh, What is it? But does the name Tachin ring a bell? Tachin? Tachin? The Japanese king of... Lars Newbar has a uh, freaking WRC plus of 130. I thought he was shit this year. What oh, happened? He's actually good. Okay. I thought, oh, all this hype goes to Japan, comes back. Mr. Famous Guy, Japan, taking yeah. selfies. Now it comes back to America. He's not even good anymore. Actually, I think you'd be surprised. Look at his numbers. 130 WRC plus. That surprises me. Wow. I'd like to hear that. that how many games played? 84, which is... a more than some it's other a little guys. Low, but I mean, it's not. It's not nothing. Wow. Some. Uh, I mean, so why aren't the Cardinals better? It looks like they've got a lot of good players. Riddle me that, Joseph. Uh, you lagged. I had no idea what you said. 
Uh, I said, why, if the Cardinals have so many good players, why aren't they better? <laughs> because they have no pitchers. And this is what I was trying to tell them last year. And they kept giving me crap because they're like, we're going to get yeah. Soto. And I said, no, you don't want Soto. Everyone wants no, Soto. You but you guys, I mean, Miles Nicholas is their guy right now. Yeah. Steven Matz is actually the one leading with the ERA categories. And then you had Jordan Montgomery. He's gone. Flaherty. Yeah. He's gone. So, so yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's pretty easy to tell what's going on with the uh with the Cardinals. They're starting pitching. You know that, why is no one talking about the fact that JP Crawford has the same weighted runs created plus as JD Martinez? <laughs> I don't know if that was the best comparison because JD's also a guy who goes a little bit under the radar, but yeah. JD Martinez does not go under the radar. He's one of the he's like makes the fucking all-star team every year for being one of the best hitters in the league. I would say probably you being in Boston all the time probably, you know, gives you a kind of like more. But I don't think people talk about JD Martinez for the first like half of the year was like a top five hitter. Yeah. I think he's regressed a little bit. But when you well, think he's of, old. Yeah. But still, I mean he was having one of his best seasons through at least the first half. Yeah. Killing it, I think he would also be a guy you could put on this on this list of uh, a little bit underrated. But JP Crawford for sure, and he's just JP Crawford. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the weighted runs created plus, they're equal, but JP Crawford walks more and strikes out way less than JD Martinez. Yeah, see, but that's such a surprise because you really wouldn't think of JD Crawford as like the offensive. Pop. I mean, he he leads the the Mariners at war. There you go. And even with the Mariners, we talked about it yesterday. They have like three of the best pitchers in the league. Still, according to War, not as not as good as Mister Crawford. Yeah. Josh Naylor, another guy that definitely doesn't get enough love, should have been an All Star this year, in my opinion. Josh Naylor, same same weighted runs created plus. As Randy Rosarena and Masataka Yoshida. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, put some respect on Josh Naylor's name. I feel like you're you're missing the boat if you don't respect Josh Naylor this season. And you should. That that's a guy you gotta root for. He is a complete maniac. Mm-hmm. He 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 comes to play. He comes he comes to rage. Yeah. That guy's O's and hoes. Ozen Hose asked if you and Joe could do any other two jobs in the world, what would they be? Curious to see what other interests or passions y'all have. What would your job be, Joseph? I would say professional baseball player, but that wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> but I don't think that that qualifies. I don't know, man. Maybe I would be a surfer. A surfer? I never surfed before, but that'd be cool. Or being a band, yeah. dude. I would want to be in a band. How do you? All right. So hold on. You would be a surfer, but you've never surfed. So you don't even know if that's a passion of yours. And you would be in a band. But I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that you ne- you don't have any musical talent. Nope, never played an instrument. But imagine being in a band. It's tough to be in a band. Yeah, but imagine if you were. I think that you're interpreting this as like if there was a magical genie and I had a wish that I could become anything, then that's what I would do. But like, what could you actually do with your skill set right now? Dude, literally nothing. Like <laughs> I thought you were going to say, dude, literally anything. <laughs> uh, nothing. 
What was? Uh, did you go to college? Did you have a? Do you have a degree? Yeah, I, well, I have a degree in communications and specified in journalism. Kind of, kind of what I'm doing in a way. Yeah, you you you're basically self employed in that regard. Yeah, but in terms of my day to day life, what I do what? in terms of passions, like like this is kind of what I do every day, all the time. Oh, you know what I do? I, I could be Lance Armstrong on the bike. <laughs> what? Because I do ride my bike. I've been, right, hitting, yeah. I've been hitting longer, longer, long distances. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sick. I need to get the gear. I don't even have the shoes. I don't have the freaking uh, spandex. I don't even have a helmet. That's the kind mm. of guy I am. I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> yeah. if you put me on the tour, got me some EPO. I know that would be. But that would also be kind of shit, you know, like just biking all the time. You'd be tired. Be terrible. You don't sound passionate about it at all. That was the whole fucking question. I mean, what are you passionate about that you could make money off of? Well, that's what not I'm even make. I mean, not not even for the money. Like what? What would be your passion project? Because mine would be I've always wanted to write a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do that. And I will do that eventually. I don't know. It's just I know I'm afraid. I'm afraid to write book number two and i'm afraid to write a horror movie because i know how active my normal hours are and when i wrote my first book i wrote from midnight until 8 30 in the morning and then i would sleep all day and then go to work at 4 p.m and it was just a very unhealthy year and a half and i don't want to go back into that cycle that's the only thing that's holding me back from doing it is because i just i can't i can't like focus unless i'm writing while the world is sleeping and that's just not that's not a lifestyle that i want to jump right back into brother move to the woods it's i mean yeah it's not even like that it's just like my my current job and my fucking phone and the people that will reach out all the time <laughs> that's I'd a have problem to, like, put my phone in airplane mode i'm guessing the first book twitter wasn't around as much uh, as much as much definitely not as much no but i mean we still sold out like i, I it was my space was around and i had i had like a hundred fifty thousand on my space how many books did you sell the first the first run was a thousand books and then it was print on demand after that how many how much money did you make from your book um so I, it was self-published so I think it was like we sold them for 15. It was 20 if you wanted the book and the poster. And it cost me four bucks a book. So like not a ton of money, but I mean, I saw a lot of money for being fucking 19 years old. Yeah. Well, you just did some math that I just didn't follow. So like, I just need to know how much money you think you made. All right, let's see. A thousand, let's call it 20. 20 grand, uh, 20 grand. So probably like call it 15 grand. There you go. That's not bad for the first run. Hey, dude, they're probably going to turn that shit into a movie, dude. Nah, I doubt it. They made, (laughs) they stole it already made fever pitch, but Hey, that's true. They were premature. They jumped the gun on that. Hey, they owe you something that have, I don't know if we should get you, guys, you know, there's a YouTuber called Dodger Phillips. He's like the OG, one of the OG baseball YouTubers, like before anybody. And he would just go, yeah, to, I know base, that is. Yeah. He would go to baseball games with a camera and film himself catching home runs. 
right? He'd be in the yeah. outfield, every season tickets, left field, right? And, and Manny would remember Manny would like that yeah, section, and he would catch, you know, film himself like a Zach Campbell, but people liked him, you know, he was Zach yeah. Campbell, Zach Campbell, but likable. Yeah, but instead of someone filming him, following him, he had it in his right hand, camera in his right hand, glove in his left hand, and he would walk, you would film the batter, catch it, and you could get the whole angle. It was sick. You go all the games, and MLB took his ass down, said you can't bring your camera to the games, and he evolved, and he's now he's still a massive YouTuber. He does like softball shit, but before YouTube, he wrote a like graphic novel about like some like girly thing, you know, like something kind of weird. It was like what the fuck? Why <laughs> something kind of weird? <laughs> So he becomes Dodger Film successful YouTuber, still raking in views. Like two years ago, freaking they bought it and Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez starred in a movie about this, which I don't think anyone watched, but come on, you know, Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, big Hollywood flick. They bought Dodger Films, baseball YouTubers, graphic novel from like 20 years ago, made a movie out of it. What was the movie called? I have no fucking idea. Oh, but nobody watched it. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I feel like if I if I wrote I've said this before. If I wrote book number 2, I would rewrite the first book and then continue past where it ended. Cuz if if it ever were to be some sort of like movie, Coley even said, Coley was like I'm going to write a script on your life and just change all the names and characters so that I don't have to give you a cut. But he's like your life in and of itself should be a movie. The evolution of a little dorky Jared at the at the Red Sox games with his headphones on, listening to the radio and keeping score. Yeah. And, and turning into the big, big, bad baseball personality. Mm. Tattoo. And just and just for the stuff that never even made it out there. The behind the scenes. Well, the give juicy us juicy stuff. Give, give us the juiciest thing you got for a sneak peek. <sighs> Uh, I can't. <laughs> well, you're gonna have a tough time writing in a fucking piece of paper if you can't say it. Yeah, I think. Um, I think. Uh, what is it? Uh, all right. Let's put it this way. Um, <laughs> you know the girl Brianna Chicken Fry. Yeah, she's dating the country singer now. Yeah, uh, I was watching a clip where Glenny Balls was like, um, he was like, is this the first ever celebrity couple that we've had at the company? The answer to that question is no. People just didn't know about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo. Was it Olivia Rodrigo? It was <laughs> Dion. <laughs> Celine Dion. Charlie D'Amelio? No, dude. The fuck? From Woogie. Is the third wild card bad for baseball? It seems like all you have to do is be a 500 team and you can have a real playoff expectation. Joe? Talking to me. I think you're the only person here. I mean, hey. I thought you might want to answer it. You got I know you're a guy who has takes, you know, I mean, my take is my take is that it's not bad for baseball. It's bad for the trade deadline. Yeah, because everyone fucking thinks that they're in it. So the teams that should be selling like 
they they get fake confidence and they go for it or they do nothing to stay in it. They don't sell a period. And I think it kind of fucks with the trade deadline. Yeah. Do you think this was a bad trade deadline? Yes and no. Yeah, how would you rate give it a grade? Like a B minus, I guess. Like you still got Verlander and Scherzer. Like I think it's um like the names that you expected to move pretty much moved outside of uh, like maybe a handful of guys like the Cubs guys, Shohei, like it could have been star studded, right? But it, it wasn't because the angels decided to, uh, the angels decided to go for it and, uh, the Cubs decided to go for it. So yeah, that there could have been more names that went like it, it, the only way that that was going to be an A is if like Shohei got traded, right? Like who the fuck else was going to be a big name that went that people would have given a shit about? Yeah, and then if there, you think if there was two wild card teams, Shohei got traded. I mean, I think there's a pretty good chance he would have. If there was just two wild card teams. You think he would have gotten traded if there was I think a wild card team? I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance Shohei <laughs> would have got traded if the if the Angels didn't sweep the Yankees that one series. Like I think the I think the Angels are way closer to trading Shohei than people realized. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of got hot at the right time and didn't trade him. Yeah, but I think uh, the extra wild and the, in the eyes of MLB, the extra wild card is doing everything they wanted to do. I think it's going to lead to more attendance, obviously more money in terms of playoffs and and that and that kind of kind of pizzazz. For the yeah. trade deadline itself, I think you're right. It will affect it. But it also, it's going to make... Um, it goes both ways. Like, more teams are going to try to compete. You know, like, the Cubs this year wouldn't have been trying to compete if it wasn't for the extra wild card team. 100%. Angels, Angels yeah. wouldn't. So... Yeah. And I think, I think more playoff teams are great. I think this is a good number. If they put more, it would kind of suck, but... Yeah. Best food you guys have had at any MLB stadium. I already know what mine is. Yeah, say I gotta think. Uh not counting like the fancy stuff. Like I'm talking just the stadium food that anyone can get. You don't need like the fancy seats. The grub tub at Yankee Stadium. The grub tub at Yankee Stadium. It's like a giant fucking bucket of soda. And then the the lid to the soda is like a circular tray of chicken tenders. And the straw to the soda is in the middle of the tray of chicken tenders. It's fucking awesome. And they're good. Like Yankee Stadium has the best chicken tenders of any ballpark that I've ever been to. Why don't I get, get one of those shipped out to you? <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't been to Yankee Stadium in quite some time. Like, I, I want to go back. Well, what about the worst? Fenway. The worst food? Worst tenders? I, I'm worst, assuming that's the only thing tenders. you get. That's the only thing you get, tenders? Well, now, now I get lobster rolls. But I would try to get the chicken tenders at Fenway, and they were fucking awful. And then they, they, they quote-unquote, upgraded them, and those are awful, too. Like, they're just not good. So... I'm the same way, bro. When I go to games, I get a lot of like, uh, I usually just get like kind of like the bullshit quick shit, like hot dogs and stuff. I would say the best one for me is like the uh, Nats games. They got the, the chili dogs, the Ben's Chili Bowl half smoke. Mm. They look terrible. Like you buy one, they look so shit. Like the chili and cheese on it looks so gross. And you're like, ew. But the, the dog itself is charred 
perfectly. Mm-hmm. Worst one, I went to the uh, Orioles game and I had a couple dogs there. They were terrible. They were cold. But Dodger dog is fucking horrendous. <laughs> the Dodger dog is an abomination. I don't know. Like during the World Series, like I had a Dodger dog for dinner every night and I want to kill myself. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, I got the at the All-Star game at Dodger dog. And I remember going there as a kid and remember Dodger dogs being completely different. Like I remember Dodger dogs being like kind of like skinny longer and they were uh, like charred. They were like almost black, you know, uh-huh. when I got one, I don't know what was going on. Maybe they just didn't have enough because it was like an all-star game, but it was just a regular ass hot dog. No. Jake, what's the best ballpark food? I just like a classic Fenway, Frank. Yeah. I feel like it's it's no different than like any other hot dog. But when you're in Fenway, it just hits different. I would say it is different. Like it, a Fenway Frank is just it's clean. Like it's how a hot dog should taste. Like you go to like your friend's barbecue and like, oh, you want a hot dog? And you have and you're like, this is really good. And it's like, it's not. <laughs> you go to Fenway Park, you get a Fenway Frank. You're going to get like, this is how God intended hot dogs to be. That's a Fenway Frank. Um, Jeff asks, do you think Dallas returns his shopping cart after loading the groceries into his car? Yes, 100%. I don't know if that's true. I think it, I think it depends. I think it depends. If he's in a good mood, yes. If he's in a bad mood, no. I don't think he does. <laughs> I think it yeah, largely depends on what kind of mood he's in. I could see him. I don't know. I, I haven't spent a ton of time around Dallas, but I can't imagine him kind of getting in a little bit of squabbles. Every, like, just going around, getting into squabbles. What the fuck? And then not yeah. returning it. Get him on a bad day. Yeah. Like if the person at the cash register even showed him the slightest bit of disrespect. Like that carriage is ending up in a fucking river somewhere. <laughs> I could also see him seeing someone else not return their shopping cart, get pissed and either call their ass out or if they're not there, him returning his and theirs at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Um, This one is for Brosif. The entire... The Braves' entire lineup is posting career numbers. Is it just a crazy coincidence or the next great cheating scandal? Yeah, yeah, the Braves are definitely cheating. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't see why that's a bad thing. Mm. It's awesome. They're they have the best record in the league. Why? Who cares? It's awesome. They are cheating. Yeah. Pat asks, if you were in a clubhouse with bad vibes, how would you try to change the juju? My personal favorite is Brad Miller bringing the bamboo plant to stop a Phillies losing streak. Bad vibes? Yeah, how would you switch up the bad vibes, Joe? I don't know, probably play a prank. <laughs> oh, a little prank? Yeah, just a nice little prank, you know? Yeah. Could you imagine trying to play a prank on Dallas when he was angry? <laughs> like, the, the A's are 24 and 97. Dallas has a 6-5-70 RA. He just gave up nine earned runs to the Detroit Tigers. And Joey's like, oh, got your nose. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> bro, I'm just trying to get the juju back, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I I don't know that I'm that guy. I'm probably I'm probably great for when the vibes are high. <laughs> 
but when the vibes are low, I'm just finding a corner to hide in. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to stay out of everyone else's way. I yeah, think. Jared would be the most diabolic motherfucker. Once thing goes wrong, it's just you're the type of guy to just start talking shit about everybody else. You know, find, <laughs> yeah. your, find your click and be like, bro, this guy sucks ass at hitting, man. Why is <laughs> yeah. he getting paid this much? Yeah. He's, this manager sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's how that would go. Me, I'm the glue, you know. You're the glue guy. Nice, harmless pranks, you know. Maybe you maybe put maybe you put a hey, here's a good one. Hot glue or you know, glue and you put it on someone's bat handle so they go take mm-hmm. batting practice and then oh, my hands are stuck. Classic. Yeah. Classic classic glue prank. I just thought of that off the top of my head, guys. Damn. I could do this for days. Adam wants to know if you could have a beer. With five MLB players, past or present, who would they be? Babe Ruth. Why? Because the guy is not is known for killing fucking beers. So I want to see. He's like, known for killing women too. Well, isn't that not interesting? Don't you want to have a beer with him? <laughs> is that not interesting. Get him hammered. You do it, babe, or not? Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to say anything. I'm not even the type of guy to judge. You know, I, I mean, don't Babe really- Ruth. Babe Ruth is not, has no idea what YouTube is. So, like, there's no technology. Like, you have a beer with Babe Ruth, and he just, like, tells you that he killed his wife, and you're just recording it on your cell phone, and he has no idea what a cell phone is. Your shit will go viral. But I'm not even, you know, hey, I may, might post it, I might not. I just want to hear it from the horse's mouth. He's a legendary guy. He was a big yeah. guy. I want to see his physique, too. Like, how big was he? You know, God. they say people have gotten bigger over the years. He looks... Kind of big on camera. I want to see the babe alive in person. No, he's fat. Uh, All right, that's one. Another one. I guess it goes. I go Grank. Granky, yeah, that's a good one. Get him drinking and and see the, like what type of bizarre shit he says. Yeah, Granky. Um, I I hate to say this, but like this is I like like Shohei like hanging out with Shohei. He wouldn't drink. I don't, I'm gonna say he's gonna drink, but I, I don't would like you would drink either. But but then but that's the thing. It's like if you get Shohei, you get a package show. That means you get Ipe. So it's like a two for one. That's true. It's kind of kind of smart. I think I would pick Tommy Lasorda. Um, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanna I wanna know I wanna know about that fucking blowjob under the bleachers. <laughs> he's probably got some great stories um hmm who's got the best stories you think like i i wouldn't want to have a beer with jeter i feel like he would be so boring yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he wouldn't say shit like he wouldn't be one of the boys he would just be super professional yeah, Jeter would not. I feel like Jeter would probably be so fucking bored and not interested in anything you had to say, dude. Just no. like we're speaking two different languages. He's he's just in a completely different universe than the common man. Too cool for school. Yeah, he's too cool for school. Um, hmm. I mean, I would want to talk like. Uh, there's some guys that I would pick for their outlandish stories, but I think the most interesting person to talk hitting with would be Tony Gwynn. 
yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I don't really give up. Like, do I really want to talk hitting with the guy? Like, when am I going to use that shit? I'm not going to hit. <laughs> give me, <laughs> give me Doc Ellis. Like, Doc yeah. Ellis would be actually number one. I'd be, I'd be like, bro, be honest. Did you do it? Because did think, you do it? I kind of think you might be lying. Did you throw a yeah. game on acid or not? Hmm. Bob Gibson. Just to hear how fucking angry he is about everything. <laughs> Bob Gibson would be a good one. Uh, I mean, who who has the best stories? Who would have the best stories? Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker's probably got stories. Barry. Barry. Barry, I feel like you could get going. Of course, fucking Matt Olson hits a home run today when I had him in my parlay yesterday. Motherfucker. Not, not surprised. Yeah. Jake, what, what five MLB players are you getting a beer with? I'd like to get just a mix of the 04 Yankees and Red Sox together. Oh, just yeah. talk it out. To talk it out. Yeah, just get them drunk and talking shit to each other. I mean, Manny Ramirez would, would, be, would be like a... That's an that's an obvious one. A man, you get man, your mirror. No, going. he's he's like a big time God guy now. He doesn't. I don't think that if you got Manny out for drinks, I don't think he's talking baseball. I don't think he's saying anything crazy baseball wise. Um, one can only hope. One like can only still, hope. But I feel like he's still got kind of kind of a goofball. Yeah, I've seen some recent interviews with him, and I I think it was Ortiz when I made the video about him. He still seemed like a goof. Yeah. Yeah, that's still in there somewhere, but um hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, where None of these are good for Joe. Come playoff time, will the Braves regret not getting another starter at the deadline? Come playoff time? Mm-hmm. Well, I've... yeah, if they lose, yeah, they probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Braves have have plenty of pitching, especially compared to other teams. I mean, and they have options. I mean, they got... I mean, Max Fried come back. They still don't have Kyle Wright back. Obviously, you got Strider and Morton. That's just four guys right there. Not to men- mention, you know, guys like Elder. Um. So I don't. I, I if anything, I would say the bullpen would be more of a, a concern than the starters. I don't. I don't see the starters really being the biggest problem, unless someone gets hurt. Charlie Morton's old. He, if he slows down, if some, if Max Fried, if Kyle Wright has a setback, doesn't come back. I think what it's shaping up to be right now for the Braves, I think they are. I mean, who has a better rotation going into the playoffs than the Braves? Who has a better rotation going into the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, if the Mariners make it, I like their rotation a lot. If, uh, I mean, they, make if they make it. They've won seven straight. Um, it's not Tampa anymore. Maybe Houston. So, Houston, yeah, Houston. Yeah, probably Houston. And then 
But then there you go. So if there's one team with a better rotation than the Braves going to the playoffs, and even even with Houston, man, they got they have injuries. I mean, you're looking at, I guess, yeah. They I mean, hey, Fromber, Christian Javier, Verlander. the Dodgers get uh, Walker Bueller back in time to contribute. They're saying that I, he- I like the Blue Jays rotation too. Okay, blue. Okay, but see, even I, I even might put the Braves ahead of the Astros. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say. It, it depends what you get with Verlander. But like you said, us trying to come up with with uh, uh, more better rotations than the Braves going into the playoffs. There's not uh, one that's definitively better. No. Yeah. So if if the question is, are they going to regret not adding another pitcher? Well, if they lose, they're probably maybe. But right now, that doesn't really seem to be their their biggest weakness. That would no. probably be the bullpen. And even right. that, I mean, you could say that about most teams. Yeah, fair. Uh, all right, guys. We're in the heat of the summer. You need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knock around sunglasses is the go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first set of teams of their official MLB collection, including the Red Sox and Yankees, as well as official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses. So you can add a little extra something to your game day outfit for this summer's big matches. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. Use a promo code rocket for free shipping on your order. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere Anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Jake, how are we feeling about uh, the Red Sox tonight? You've got... James Paxton <coughs> on the mound in the series finale against Austin Cox. <laughs> it is James Paxton versus Austin Cox for all the marbles. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to want to win this one. Um it's been a tough stretch, obviously, getting swept by the Blue Jays. But if you can come back with three out of four against the Royals, probably a lot of people want it all four. But still a major league ball club, it's tough to win four straight. So I think, uh, yeah, if you win a night, three out of four is a good way to get back on track. Don't yeah. let us win a night. Don't let us win a night. You afraid of Cox, Jake? Nah, no. I can handle him. We can handle the Cox. He's going to be out there. With a respectable 358 ERA going up against James Paxton. 
And when this one's over, we're going to be telling Cox to just fucking suck on it. Suck on it. <laughs> it's going to be a big win for the Red Sox. Three out of four. Now we go. For fourth place champs. I think we have a parade for fourth place champs. <sighs> um, all right. Any uh this this slate tonight sucks, by the way. I'm pissed that the Red Sox are playing. This would have been a perfect off night to just watch a documentary or something. You get Dodgers, Rockies, Nats, Phillies, Rays, Cardinals, Tigers, Twins, Jays, Guards, and then the Braves and Pirates are playing right now. Uh, the Astros and Orioles are playing right now, which has been a fun series, Astros, Orioles. I know the Astros pulled ahead late last night, uh, and it doesn't look to be that even um when you look at the box score but um it's been a pretty fun series between those two teams <clears throat> so lame ass slate tonight this weekend this weekend who do we got anything exciting cubs blue jays should be good cubs blue jays should be good uh astros angels okay uh, padres Di diamondbacks fine maybe Orioles Mariners. That is uh that's probably the one that I'm gonna circle. That's like back to back premier series for the for the Orioles. Orioles Mariners, and then even uh, I'll throw in Texas Rangers, San Francisco Giants. That'll be cool too. All right, so a couple of premier series that we're gonna be focused on this upcoming weekend. Um Joseph, any final thoughts? Uh no. Uh Matt Olson just tied Shohei for the league a leading home run hitter. Mm, how many? That's 40, I think. Either 40 Fowdy. or 41, maybe. Fowdy. All you need to know that is he's in motherfucking first place, as other Braves. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks for Shohei because Sho they, will not, they will not throw Shohei a pitch. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers. Shohei is probably averaging three walks a game since Mike Trout got hurt. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jake's takes. It's another classic Jared and Joey episode. I think people are going to love it. Yeah. Have we, I mean, we've done like Jared and Joe segments where like Dallas wasn't there. Jay had to leave early or something like that. But I don't think we've ever done a full Jared and Joe podcast. No. The one I can remember is after the Yankees got eliminated last year in the ALCS. And you guys talked about judgy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in the hotel room. Okay, Dow Dallas wasn't there for that. He was in and out. Yeah, I think uh, he left halfway through. He's in Hawaii. Okay. Oh yeah, he was in Hawaii. Yeah, the classic fucking playoff vacation. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's kind of irresponsible. What if the A's made it that year? I know that's what I'm saying. I mean, that just goes to show you that he had no faith in his own team. Sad. Planning a vacation in the middle of the playoffs. Um, but who knows? Maybe it's Oakland's year next year. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will be back on Monday with more baseball is dead. Enjoy your weekend of baseball and we'll see you on the other side. Uh, we are.